Warning, the following podcast contains coarse language and spoilers for the film and the title of the podcast. Now hit me with that theme. Now playing movie reviews in 20 cues. Hello, you goddamn fantastic friends and lovers, and welcome to the podcast, Movie Reviews in 20 Cues, the show where we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. I'm wondering if I'm going to get sued. I'm wondering if I'm going to get sued for using the terms friends and lovers because I've stolen it from this week's guests that are on the show, so we'll soon find out. We'll soon find out. It's Katie and Odie. How are you guys? Hey, you'll be hearing from our canine lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth a roll of the dice, but... Um, very excited to have you guys on. I mean, this is going to go out to all podcasts. Like you guys, if you want to come on the show, you just got to message me and ask me. You don't have to go out and do a full month dedicated to Taika Waititi where you do a whole bunch of episodes <laughs> on him. Like it's obviously the way to my heart, which these two have done. But like, you know, just, just ask, just ask. But anyway, like enough of that. Uh, tell us about the Taika Waititi degustation. Tell us about for your reference. Tell us about everything, guys. Oh, well, uh, you know, everyone has a love language. Our language is references. Um, even though I haven't watched the Star War, I still like to reference it. Come and fight me, motherfuckers. And I haven't watched Friends. And OT says I shouldn't use Friends references. We were on a break. <laughs> I get that shit. I don't have to watch it. Um, to celebrate our second year of podcasting, we did our reference degustation surrounding Taika Waititi uh, and our first one was on Hayao Miyazaki so it's it's nice we get to have a bit more of a format we can talk about uh, the filmography the themes any sort of common and recurring directorial decisions which I'm sure is going to be just as substantial in this recording <laughs> as well right Sam? Absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I cannot wait to get into this been a fan of you guys for a while um, I mean, like, as I said, every time we have a guest on, I only get on guests whose podcasts I listen to. And yeah, I've been really enjoying you guys lately. And of course, your back catalogue as well. You're definitely in my rotation. So very excited to see what you guys are bringing to this podcast. Well, thanks, Sam. I don't have to push you in prickles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, OT called me an egg, an egg, for over a month um, watching Taika. I know. I heard that. Well done, OT. I'm very proud of you, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so the film that we are doing this week, as you guys can tell by the title of the podcast, is Upgrade. We put it out there for a vote. Katie basically sent me a whole bunch of options that she wanted to do. So I thought, fuck it. Well, I don't have a vote. Some of those options were Breakfast Club, uh, Chef, and... Widows. Widows. That was the other one. Shit. Fuck, come on, memory. And yeah, upgrade one. Upgrade one by like one or two percent of the vote, which is my friends out there that probably voted for it after asking them. So yeah, thanks. Well, <laughs> well done, upgrade. Voter integrity. Voter integrity mm-hmm. is very important. Yeah, it is. Absolutely is. Rigged election. Anyway, uh, <laughs> for you two, or Katie, obviously you sent me the messages or sent me the like ideas for the podcast, but Odie, Katie, first thoughts about this movie? Any like any massive love when it came out or anything? Any excitement about probably doing this movie? Oh, like the first time I watched it, I think I remember, I I vividly remember what I was doing, you know? It's one of those things that you think that the movie won't be as good as it was. It was very underrated. (laughs) And once you get into a movie like that and it just blows your mind, uh, it's one of the best things that I we watched in that year. And I think it even almost won a splooshy 
in our in our podcast. Uh, if anyone wasn't aware, we're certified wankers. Just referencing our awards um, on movie reviews and twenty splooshes. If you're nasty, ah, yes. <laughs> there's your soundbite, Sam. Absolutely, go as hard as you like. Just... Well, there's your there's our soundbite. <laughs> there you go. Right? Go as hard as you like. But yeah, I mean, if people haven't seen Upgrade, it came out in 2018, directed by Lee Wanau, an Australian, there we go, had a budget yeah. of $3 million. Fucking hell! Th- yeah. Holy shit, had $3 million. Fucking, anyway, um, had a box office of $17 million, so not a massive success, but given it had a budget of $3 million, that's pretty damn impressive. It so, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has a score of 7.5 out of 10 on IMDb, has a score of 88% on Rotten Tomatoes and 67% on Metacritic. Fuck Metacritic. Fuck you guys suck. <laughs> and stars Logan Marshall-Green, okay, not Tom Hardy, as Grey Trace. Harrison Gilbertson, okay, not Dane DeHaan, as Erin Keane. Betty Gabriel as Cortez. Melanie Vallejo as Asher, Grey's wife. And Benedict Hardy, fuck he was a dick, as Fisk. <laughs> and... General plot, Grey is a technophobe who suffers paralysis and loses his wife during an attack, but when a billionaire hands him a chip to fix his body, it restores his mobility, and he sets out on vengeance. If you haven't heard this podcast before, what we do is we review a movie by asking 20 weird and wonderful questions about it. We start with 10 that can be applied to any film. We then move into three personal questions before finishing on either a Patreon or a listener question. And because you guys got to vote on this episode, we are finishing on a Patreon question. And the one that we always start with is the compliment sandwich, which is one thing good, one thing bad, one thing good. If we're giving this film a score over 5,000, if we're giving it a score under 5,000, we give it a shit sandwich, which is one thing bad, one thing good, and one thing bad. But if we want to give it a score over 10,000 and break the system, we give it a hyperbole sandwich. Now, hyperbole sandwich have been thrown around pretty common lately. Maybe we'll have mm. another one for this episode. Who knows? Oti, why don't you start us off? Why don't you tell us what sort of sandwich you're giving it and then just roll through it? It's definitely a hapabali sandwich. Yes. <laughs> and one of the best things about this movie was the fight scenes. Yeah. You know, mm. it, it just blows your mind how they achieved such an effect. And if you dig enough after the movie, you can see all the behind the scenes. And it's one of the most amazing things and to think that they only did this with three million yeah. in budget including paying the actors mm. oh you just gotta love it you gotta love it fuck yes much it's the bad thing about this that i didn't really like was the ending Ooh. it saddened me that at the end of the day gray died you're pretty much brain dead he's gone which was really sad Especially knowing the everything that he's been through. Yeah. The caveat to that is, at least, in his mind, wherever he is, he's with his wife. So, you know, not completely shitty, but that's the best I could come up with. <laughs> and another good point about the movie is Fisk as the villain. <laughs> yeah. Woo! yeah. I was waiting, Sam, because I know he loves me. <laughs> you know, this, for so many movies... You know, you need a good villain to just elevate it. You know, if it's the Dark Knight when you have uh, Heath Ledger putting a stellar performance. And Logan Marshall Green as Bane, yes. <laughs> Correct. And not to the extent of <laughs> Heath Ledger, but, you know, well, let that aside. But Fisk just, I think, elevates this, especially with his creepy look. Man, <laughs> they really did a perfect casting choice for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a score out of 10,000... 000- 
Self-driving cars? 9,500. Oh, that's good. Oh. I like that. What about you, Katie? On to you. Uh, the most compliments of a sandwich. Nice. So my first point is top-tier AI film reaching the warm and fuzzy human parts. <laughs> Hire me, tomato people. Uh, the second that isn't so great, I guess with our IT sort of background, the smart home system should have updated Ash's death because that was kind of a dick <laughs> thing to do to ask Gray where Asher is and if she would like dinner. <laughs> All I can say is there goes my answer for what was the biggest dick move of the movie. But yes, go on, go on. <laughs> well, well, thank you for my dick move. That is great. Uh, the the last thing that I have to say in the sandwich is with minimal cast and a succinct story, there was no hiding from any sort of blemishes, and it really stood out. Yeah, I dig that. And is the score out of 10,000 self-driving cars? 9,501 <laughs> self-driving cars. Oh, God, I like this. Oh, this is great. Uh, to be honest, I'm debating between a high beverly sandwich and just like a compliment, just a standard compliment sandwich. And I'm going to go with the standard compliment sandwich because if you'd asked me after the first time I watched this, I would have given the score of a billion out of 10,000. Yeah. I wouldn't have given a shit. On the second watch, I, I'd noticed tiny things. Very mm. tiny things. But my first good thing, I'm just echoing you, OT. I loved the action in this, and I loved that the camera followed the object, not, you know, like, blurred the action lines, you know. And the most notable example of that is when he, like, leans back and then leans back up again, and the camera follows him and then follows him back up when he fights that guy in his apartment. I was like, holy shit, how have we not seen this in action films? Maybe we have. Maybe we've seen that in action films before. But to have the balls to actually follow him and rather than throw out, like, 50 different cuts around different punches and shit like that, was awesome. Uh, another another really good example of that was when he was in the car and he strapped her in, and then it just cut to a shot of him. We just saw the car and everything just swirling around him, and I was like, "Fuck, this is the tits!" Holy <laughs> shit, this is the tits! <laughs> the bad thing is, like, if the movie's amazing, you can sort of tolerate a couple of little jumps in logic, and there was a couple of ones in there that I was like, "Fuck, what the?" You know, maybe like. Why does why is that happening sort of thing? And on the rewatch, it's very nitpicky, but there's a couple of things where, like, at one point they say, you know, killing the wife was an added bonus. But we realize at the end, spoiler alert, obviously, for this film, that Stem's controlling everything. So mm. Stem would have needed her to have been killed to send this guy on a vengeance mission. So them saying mm. he, she was an added bonus was a load of bullshit. You talked about the AI system not being upgraded. The other one was when the AI system basically just started giving him injection after injection after injection. And he was like, I need more. And they're like, no, we're going to have to get you an ambulance. It's like, why the fuck have you given him enough that he needs an ambulance? Come on, man. Learn some portion control here, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And the final one is, uh, you know, like the creepy guy that I see is not Dane DeHaan. I can't remember the guy's name. Harrison Gilbertson, who's playing Eron, the weird tech Mm. genius guy. Like he's at one point, he's trying to shut him down. And that just, to me, like, felt bollocks because again we find out that that guy the tech genius is being controlled by stem so there's no reason why stem would want him to shut down when his stem's trying to get free all that being said yeah good thing i actually like the ending i'm gonna say it i like the ending i like that it didn't yeah. pull this punch i like that it followed through yeah it was heartbreaking but at the same time it was an ending that you know so many other ways this movie could have ended where you're like oh yeah that wasn't the right film but the way it just like ended it was just like holy shit i'm gonna remember this so I'm giving it a score of 9,502 out of 10. Oh, <laughs> out of 10 I see where this is going. Yeah, absolutely. Got a one up. 
Anywho, that moves us over to our Patreon questions, the first of which comes from Dan Bredick of the Netflix and Swill podcast. Netflix and Swill does what it says on the tin. It's basically a podcast about all things Netflix related. And what would Dan like to know there, Oti? So, who was the true MVP of this movie? Can't be the main character. Uh, Detective Cortez, there's literally no competition, and I will fight all of you that say anyone else. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, okay, she's fine and all, but <laughs> like, there's another woman in this movie that does way more than she does. It's his mum. His mum, mm. like, trims his beard, sets him up so he can get protein shakes. She yeah. doesn't snitch. She doesn't get stitches. She lives through the entire thing. You know what I mean? Like, she knows this guy's up to fucking bad shit. She still goes along with it. So she's she's my MVP. Okay, respectable, respectable. <laughs> and I went with Fisk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. He is, yeah, okay, yeah, that completely makes sense as well. Fuck, he's, he's so, I hate him, but I love him. Yeah. So very topical as well, you know, sneeze at people to infect you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get conspiracies on Lee Winnell now. Yeah, exactly. An elderly, <laughs> an elderly bartender dies after a young man's sneezes on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Good answers. Uh, question number three, also a Patreon question, comes courtesy of Chris Yeeney. What's the question there, Katie? What song would you have inserted into the film and where? I know there's a running joke that Highway to Hell by ACDC would have been <laughs> fucking perfect for any film. And it seems to be in this case as well where the car crashes going to his old neighbourhood, and I was very tempted to pick that. But instead, I was thinking about how similar this film is to a couple of other sort of sci-fi thrillers, one being The Matrix, Matrix being one of my favourite films of all time, and has one of my favourite bands uh, with a song at the end being Rage Against the Machine and the song Wake Up. And I was thinking for this film, I was like, fuck, there's a few other Rage Against the Machine songs that have great titles for this film that would be perfect to end on. And the one I'm going to go with is Take the Power Back, but I'm tossing up between that and freedom because both of those sort of tie in with the fact that Stem has just basically gone, nah, fuck this, I've got control of you, dude, and then walks out. And I think that would have been perfect. That would have been the song mm. for me. Mm. Well, I went with Sacrifice by Elton John. Ooh, sentimental. <laughs> wow. Ooh. Yeah, I got very sentimental with this. I think uh, when, especially when Grey is stabbing himself at the very end, trying to fight against Stem, you know? <laughs> Come on now. Ooh. Sacrifice just started playing. I think it'll be a tearjacker for anyone. Oh, yeah, I can see that. That's awesome. That's good. Nice. Uh, I think I went a bit more uh, grungy, a little bit of my emo fringe going on. <laughs> this is during the scene where Grey is talking to Aaron and Aaron is discovering, which I still believe up until this point, he didn't realize them could talk talk mm. when he was inserted. But we can talk about that, I guess, if you want to. But it was when Aaron was faux discovering that stem actually talks and i would like to insert all the things she said by tattoo oh, Jesus! <laughs> it was running through his head sam <laughs> she went there and that's a great answer katie i'm very proud of you <laughs> <laughs> running through my head there you go you can see it you can envision it i like i love you guys i love your podcast but i'm going to be having that song play endlessly on a loop for the next three hours while I try to go to sleep. This is amazing. It's already <laughs> burying itself into my head. <sighs> Tattoo was the precursor to STEM. I'm calling it now. Love it. <laughs> Anywho, that moves us over to question number four. Question number four comes courtesy of Dave Baker. Dave has his own Patreon as well at patreon.com forward slash your favorite. 
on it. He posts a ton of awesome content you guys should all be checking out, and there's a link down in the show notes. Uh, this week's question from Dave is, which character would have the biggest social media following and on what platform? Kara would have the biggest social media platform, I think. Okay. Um, especially if she did some Insta posts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> You've got your dust drops out there. <laughs> what Gen X are you paying to teach you this slang? <laughs> yeah, I've got my dictionary here. <laughs> I went for Pam, Gray's mum. I feel like she had some really normal kind of wholesome gardening content. Neck minute, my son's a robot. Oh, on MySpace, eh? <laughs> yeah, on MySpace. <laughs> on MySpace. <laughs> um, the one for me is the creepy fuck, Aaron, that we mentioned that runs a company and is a billionaire and he's reclusive and all that sort of shit. And I can imagine he's like one of those sorts of guys that has a Twitter that has like tons and tons of followers and then he just posts some random, weird, obscure bullshit just every now and then, you know, you know, like an Elon Musk type of tweet that just like comes out of mm. nowhere and you're like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? You know, I could, I could just imagine that. I was thinking more like Jaden Smith. Yes, there we go. That's what I was trying to think of. <laughs> Jaden Smith. What are clouds? <laughs> what are clouds? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I could imagine it. Uh, next question is also a Patreon question. It comes courtesy of the amazing man that is Nick Haskins of Mr. Nikolai's Kitchen, which is a cooking podcast that will soon be featuring the ginger princess that is Stacey Hurley. I keep petitioning him for this every week, and I think he's finally relented. He did send me a message the other day saying, yes, if Stacey wants to come on, she can. <laughs> we might see Stacey on a podcast. Anyway, uh, what's his question there, Odie? What type of meal is this movie? All right, fellas, take a break. I want to take this one away. Ooh. Let me set the scene. We are invited into a futuristic restaurant by our hoita, Huil I Am, and are treated to an exclusive menu procured by the chef, including GM meat from Okja and sneaky Jesus vegetables from Hunt for the Wilderpeople. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, that's the best answer we've ever had to any question ever on our podcast. So congratulations, Katie. Thank you. <laughs> it was literally about 6,000% more effort than anyone's ever put into answering any of these questions. Oh, well, I'm talking for myself here, really. I've ever put into answering anyone. So, yeah, thanks. Well done, Katie. Um, who's having me? How the fuck do I follow that? I am going to go with fried chicken. Does anyone that knows me knows that I love fried chicken? And this is some gourmet, couple of rungs above KFC fried chicken. And look, I know there's not very much nutritional value in it, but I don't give a fuck. In some ways, it's cheap and nasty, just like me. Still don't give a fuck. I don't care. This is delicious. This is the type of shit that I eat, and then I feel bliss for about five minutes afterwards and then go, oh, I could go for some more. This is the type of shit I just love. This is my type of film. I love this like near-future, grimy, sort of like uh, grindhouse-type films. I love these films. This is my jam. So yeah, it's definitely fried chicken. Nice. Nice. Oh, what with a gourmet burger? Nice. Not just any burger, a gourmet one. You love a burger, anyone does. But, you know, go to a fancy restaurant, order a burger, you'll, you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> that little speck on there, <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> with the tastiest, tastiest meat you've ever <laughs> seen, but, you know. I know exactly nice. what you're talking about. Having eaten a gourmet burger recently where I looked at it and I was like, how the fuck is this thing going to satisfy me? And then took one bite and I'm like, how the fuck is this possible? How the exactly. fuck did I put this much flavor into a burger? This is bullshit. 
You'll never, you'll never go to the dollar menu again. Well, like Katie no. said, maybe it's just okja meat, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I'll make those okja go extinct. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Anywho, uh, moves us over to another Patreon question. This one comes courtesy of Emily Higgins from the Tasteless Podcast, a podcast in which she takes a beloved film and then argues why a film that you've never ever heard of, typically, is way better than the one that everyone's heard of and they got praise and love that it apparently deserved or didn't deserve according to her anyway but uh what's your question there katie what movie would you pair with this to make a double feature i sort of said that this is like cheap and nasty in some ways it is but at the same time i love it whereas i feel like we've got to pair it with the other ai film from the 2010s where the ai Mm. sort of like argues and fights against the system and then eventually Spoiler alert for the film Ex Machina. I'm trying to lead my way up to Ex Machina. Fuck, it's Ex Machina. There we go. There's my answer. Ex Machina. It's like the, it's the antithesis to upgrade. It's sort of like the slow, methodical pacing. It's the, you know, like deep philosophical debates. Question coming soon. It's the like real sort of like the film snobbery version of upgrade. But at the same time, they have very sort of contrasting themes. I'd love to have Ex Machina and then sort of walk out of that and be like, yeah, that was pretty good. And then just go into upgrade and be like, oh, fuck, I'm ready. This is awesome. Oh, are you saying that Upgrade is better than Ex Machina? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because you, you prefer Ex Machina to Upgrade, don't you? Yeah. Mm. Don't you? No. How dare you? <laughs> wow, there is a traitor in the camps. <laughs> Even though Ex Machina was my pick for this, and I think I'll need to scramble and find a different option. <laughs> you can go with that, Odie. It's cool. We don't care. It makes too much sense, eh? Like, it makes too much sense, really. Yeah, it does. It does. But... Just to be different, I'd go with Source Code with Jake. You know, like it's it, it wasn't the best thing out there at the time, but it sort of follows the same formula in some aspects. Not as well executed, but you know, give or take. Source Code wasn't that great, but it did a brilliant effort. It it did have a brilliant effort, and it also had a very horrible ending if you thought about it, because Jake Gyllenhaal basically goes into the stranger's body. And then just takes him over and then walks off with the guy's crush. You know what I mean? Like, what happened to the real guy? Where's he gone? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. It had a very creepy ending, just like just like this one. Oh, good scramble. Good scramble. Plus, it has Jeffrey Wright, you know? Oh, yeah. Ooh, Jeffrey doesn't Wright, love Jeffrey man. Wright. Yeah. yeah, he keeps me tight. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Makes me loose, I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's um, part of the, you know, like with horror movies. They have particular failings. I think with AI films, sometimes the moral quandaries just get thrown out the fucking window, like like you're saying at the end of Source Code. But anyway. Mm, absolutely. My choice, I guess, is more of a reflection because sometimes we don't realize how good and enjoyable something is, even though it's not a complete 10, right? Yeah. Mm. So I would like to pair Upgrade with Transcendence. Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Sam looked like I just blasphemed on the podcast. We love Johnny Depp. Coming up next um, week on the podcast, just- we're using 20 cues. Uh, we are doing... <laughs> 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 if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us at Emirate. <laughs> you need to be able to appreciate the upgrades. So to appreciate the upgrades, you need to watch Transcendence. <laughs> it is like cleansing your palate with water before you eat something delicious. I'll put it that way. Something bland as water before you get something <laughs> delicious in your mouth. Anywho. Nothing about my sex life. Uh, Let's move us over to question number seven, which is what scene from this film will you guys remember on your deathbed? I'd go with a very, like, it's one of the first scenes in the movie, but when Gray's wife died. Oh, man. 
Come on, that was that was touching. Eh. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Forget Katie who doesn't have a heart. Jesus Christ! <laughs> that bitch deserved to die. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you continue, my love. <laughs> no, because they, they set up so, you know, they, they set it up so well. You could tell that the connection was there, the chemistry was there. And then for her to be ripped off, I didn't see that coming the first time watch. But obviously, uh, the second rewatch, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. But definitely, that was one of the ones that I'd remember. I'd be like, where are you, Katie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to 60 Minute OT. Feel free to watch, Sam. Uh, <laughs> But do you agree that the film got better after she died? Because she died at the start and it was always going to get better, regardless. <laughs> oh, goodness me. Um, my answer is the very first time we see STEM take full control. Because I think that's where we start to see yeah. what this film is going to be, where this film is going to go. And I guess where we turn off our smart home devices as well. <laughs> Siri, can you please go kill yourself? Get <laughs> <laughs> me some ice cream while you're at it. <laughs> uh, that's a good choice. That was that was up there, but I did mention it in my good thing. So I was trying to think of like another scene that for me that would I remember. And it's the the one where he's like rolls into a bar, you know, pretending he's an invalid, you know, a quadriplegic basically, and mm. then goes into the toilet and then just fucks up all those guys and then just launches onto that guy's chest. And he's like, "Oh, you didn't know I was a ninja." And then Stem's just like, well, I am incredibly advanced or some shit. I am not a ninja, Gray. I was like, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, but it's, it's just the other part about that as well is that we know we've been, he's been fucking up this dude's face. And then we just, we don't see it. But we had see the other guys kept like, ooh, ooh, ooh. And then we'd finally get that shot of the dude's face. I was like, yeah, well, well done, Lee Winnell, for just building up the tension and delivering. That was awesome. It was very effective. Absolutely. Uh, moves us over to question number eight. What is it there, OT? What was the biggest dick move of the movie? Uh, to tantalize you, I gave some Hansel and Gretel breadcrumbs earlier. The emotional death happened early, too early for Asha. It was a catalyst for Grey, but we didn't get to live in their love. So who the fuck cares? That's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah, my one was definitely the AI not updating itself, which I mentioned earlier before. But the other one, like, I've just mentioned that bathroom scene where he rolls into a bar. Like, there was a couple of dick moves in there. Like, I get this guy's, like, threatened you, but do you need to pull out a knife and just start stabbing a quadriplegic? Like, that's pretty, pretty fucking dickish. <laughs> and then following it up with the other part that we're talking about was killing the bartender. I mean, the bartender's standing there doing his job, minding his own fucking business. The quadriplegic yeah. rolls in, the scariest motherfucker in the pub. Basically takes him out the back and then rolls out again. The bartender's like, what the fuck just happened? And then the guy comes in and kills him. It's like, well, how the fuck was the bartender? Oh, yeah, I saw a quadriplegic roll in and I thought, that guy's definitely going to fuck up everyone. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the guy alone, man. He was fucking just doing his job. No loose ends, Sam. Yeah, true. Okay. Yeah, I suppose. Moves this over to question number nine. What is it there, Katie? What deep philosophical debate arose in you while watching this film? This one is pretty easy for me because there's often a debate around AI in these films and like at what point does AI actually become sentient life? So at what point is it considered to be life and, you know, like has its own, you know, like civil rights and all that sort of stuff. So I was thinking about that, but then I started thinking, well, you know, if this is considered to be life, 
and you have sex with someone that has AI inside of them, is that counted as a threesome? And like, should you, you should probably be telling people, oh, by the way, I've got an AI inside me. And so like that then led into, well, we see him suddenly awesome at killing. Is he suddenly awesome at sex? Probably. And yeah. <laughs> if he can, if he's a quadriplegic and he can walk because solely of AI, so surely his sex game would be up there. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I mean, if he, he had no ninja skills before, but now he's suddenly a ninja. You know, it's like, hey, I had no sex skills before, but suddenly I'm Don Juan. Like, surely, man, it's surely he's got to be the man now. Yeah, like he would realize the spaceship of the female anatomy and get straight to it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I had the same thing. Like, AI will just ruin us all. It'll make us lazier. So you just sit there and say, have at me, love. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, like, no, this is not even AI level. You mean like Mel Gibson on South Park? Do whatever you want to me. <laughs> you want to hurt me? Come on, do it. Um, but we talked about this on levels, you know. Growing up, I did, you know, we, we didn't have calculus. We weren't allowed to use calculus up until secondary school. Yeah. But Katie used calculators in bloody nursery. Out of the so, womb. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh, that, I'm taking a back, mate. You use technology and that's just a little piece of, you know, it's not even artificial intelligence, you know, to the extent that we're talking about here. But yeah, I just think it will ruin us. I think you're right, man. End it's of like, humanity. I'll, I'll never forget my maths teachers basically saying to me, like, you're never going to be walking around with a calculator on you at all times. It's like, fuck, how wrong with you, dickhead? This is <laughs> <laughs> This episode is dedicated to all the dickhead maths teachers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking bunch of wankers. Uh, as much as I love to dabble in uh, how long Robot Jesus takes us all away, I actually went straight back to the love story that I keep attacking. How deeply do you have to love someone to avenge their death? Oh. Because really, aside from the fact that they told us that they loved each other, they were really there to juxtapose the difference between mechanic, manual, man hands, and I guess finessing and embracing technology. Everything became more nuanced after that. Yeah. I think Jonathan Wickenstein is the best example of how not to fully focus on the love story but still be able to inject that emotion. So I didn't really care for their love stories. I'm like, does he really have to go to all of these lengths just for her? <laughs> <laughs> it would be a completely different movie, eh, if it was like, hey, by the way, I've given you back your mobility and stuff like that. Oh, cool. And it just cuts to him at the bar trying to pick up other women, you know? <laughs> 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 by the way, I've got an AI system in me, so I will be the best lady you ever have. You know, <laughs> just like... <laughs> I'm ready to go. <laughs> Absolutely ready to go. That's a good one. Uh, moves us down to our final question that could be applied to any film. It's our one of our fan favorites. Uh, what quote from this film would be the worst thing to hear immediately after you finish having sex? Ahad, your wife. Well, she was just a bit of extra money. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I love that. That is great. Tell me where they are. <laughs> <laughs> I like that too. That's awesome. Uh, my one was, we're on TV, assholes. Hurry. Hey, what are you doing putting your mask back on? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? What have I walked into? I also I also had, what are you hoping to achieve? <laughs> Ooh, that's good. I like that. 
And that moves us over to our personal questions that we thought of while watching this film that we don't necessarily have to answer ourselves, but we can if we want to. Uh, Katie, you're up. What do you got? When did you realise this film was or wasn't for you, whether through dialogue or choice in directing, etc.? Okay, so when we discover that this dude is stuck in the past, like scaring his wife when she gets out of the car, and he's married to a high-profile professional who's got it all together, I was like, yeah, okay, this is my type of film. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the directing got me, you know. Um, the angles was just like, yeah, I'm in for it. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready to be upgraded. Oosh. All right, Beyonce, settle down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As much as I do feel like the difference between Asher and Grey was so stark, it was something that she said was, yeah, I talked to my car, but at least she listened. Oosh. Am I doing my next Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we just roll through our questions one after the other. What part of everyday life would you not want replaced by technology? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's at least one thing I can think of that I wouldn't entrust with a robot. I mean, like, you know, when self-driving cars came out and everyone was like, oh, how long till it kills somebody? I was like, yeah. Mm. So, you know, like sex stuff, basically. I wouldn't entrust that to a robot. I pretty much just want to take care of that myself. But if I've got to be boring, I've got to be real boring. I'd say sports. I don't think I'd enjoy watching robots designed to play a sport. I prefer seeing humans just literally put themselves on the level of like near death every time they go out onto a field and play rugby or ice hockey or any of the other contact sports I absolutely love watching. That's that's what I want. I don't want to see robots just fucking smashing each other up. I want to see humans in that scenario. So that's yeah, the best I can come up with. Yeah, because then you're just thinking, who's the best? Who's the better engineer? Exactly. <laughs> who's programmed in the best? Who's the best engineer? Who's had the most money to pay for parts? You know, it's pretty pretty much Formula One racing in a lot of ways. But yeah, well, ex- I was gonna say the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> But um, Psycho Sam from Hunt for the Wilder People said that the All Blacks weren't human. So maybe it already exists. Oh, fuck, our secret's out. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay when one team's robots, Katie. It's just, you know, fucking at least they're destroying another team. We love watching them True. give the shit out of Australians. It's amazing. True. What about you, Odie? What have you got? I had sex as well, so <laughs> let's move along. It just makes too much no, sense. No, but then again, if, if you've watched Humans, I think it's on Amazon. Gemma Chan, yes, please. I don't need OT anymore. Sort of, Fine, I, I'm in. <laughs> They've sort of also, you know, automated the sex bit. So it's all it's all robot now. Mm. It's a bit iffy when you think about that the robots actually are actually humans and have feelings or have human feelings. So. Automated sex bit. Let's race to make merch, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. What was it? Like Demolition Man, where they don't even have physical contact anymore. They just link to each other's brains. So even that's just like too creepy for me. But the the idea of like, hey. But then again, you, do you want to see Stallone having. It was Stallone, yeah, right? Yeah, it, it was Stallone and Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, you're fine. Just keep your distance. I can see why Sandra Bullock <laughs> wouldn't want to touch the voice of Stallone. I can, I can put, it, put that out there, but. At the same time, like, you know, like, just, hey, robot, do you want to have sex? Well, I'm programmed to, so I guess I have to. It'd be like, fuck. Well, there goes that mood. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next question. Eternal love or endless power? So I guess in regards to the film, would you rather have Asha forever or would you rather have the kick-ass action like you had with Stem? So I I mentioned this question to Stacey and I was like, surely if you get endless power, you get endless love or eternal love. And she was just like, 
that's that's not true love. And I was like, yeah, true. And like, given that I do everything that Stacey says because she's got eternal power over me, <laughs> then I, I basically, yeah, like, yeah, I, t- I completely agree. So I don't know. It's it's fuck. It's tough. I, I must admit, I went back and forth on this one. I still don't know if I've got a, like a proper answer. It's, it's a good question. What about you, Odie? What have you got? I've got love. Yeah. And like, it's it's just, <laughs> you can have all the power in the world, but if you don't get that loving, then what's the point? That's why the WAP is important. Ladies, pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that moves me over to my questions. First up, the voice of STEM in this film is quite, like, calm, reassuring. Mm. You know, he's quite nice. He's like... Hello, Gray. Hello, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hey, he's nice. So in terms of trying to make this movie like maybe a bit more of a comedy, what actor, celebrity, whatever, would be the creepiest voice that you could insert into this film as Stem's voice? And I'll tell you what, guys, bonus points if you imitate them as well. I am now taking your voice. Oh, sorry. That's supposed to be Chris Tucker. I don't know if I nailed it. <laughs> 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 but Im- what it is a good for <laughs> Imagine waking up <laughs> And you know this up. man Ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Yeah, that will be one of the creepiest things to wake up oh, to. Fuck yes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when he's playing like Ruby Rude or whatever the fuck his name is out of bloody um six cents. Fuck that. <laughs> well fuck no, Chris Tucker in general actually. No, yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still kind of taking it from the point of like a comedian, but they're saying really sinister things. So H. John Benjamin, who plays Archer and also Bob's from the Bob's Burgers. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Oh, he'd be cool. He'd be really good at that. I think I'd want to hear H. Benjamin. Oh, what is, well, I'm losing my faculties right H. now. John, I'm H. too excited. Chris Tucker is still in the Chris room. Chris Tucker is still here. Um, H. John Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd, I'd have him narrating my autobiography and reading me while I sleep. He's the ultimate, like, low, deep, gravelly voice. And then when you see him, what he looks like in real life, you're like, oh. Yeah, like, um, are you sure, mate? <laughs> <laughs> There's hope for all of us through audio. Yeah. I didn't have an answer to this, but I'll be honest. The last voice I want to hear when I wake up would be Bill Cosby's. Oh, my. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, get the julep. Oh, wow. That <laughs> wow. Yeah, that you is... can tell I'm pretty not, I'm not good at it. <laughs> OT hasn't accessed TV since the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, next question actually comes courtesy of Stacey, where I was like sort of toying with some questions with her, and I was like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then she goes, what about this for a question? So I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to ask that. What do you guys think mm. would be the plot director stars of the movie Downgrade? I'd go with an M. Night Shyamalan flick. Oh, I'm out already. Yep. Starring, <laughs> starring Roseanne Barr. Oh. Wow. Ew. <laughs> and the ending will be, it was all a dream. Oh, <laughs> no. Whatever premise, doesn't matter. <laughs> you just know someone will get a chip that doesn't work. <laughs> and when they wake up, oh, I just had the worst <laughs> nightmare. <laughs> Roll credits. <laughs> yup. I'm just imagining it, eh? Just stem, like, in the back of her voice, just, you know, back of her mind, you know, like, the police won't believe this, Gray. There's no other way to tell. You need to go find that person and track them down to be sure. No! I'm not going to do that! 
<laughs> oh fuck yeah! No, I'm I'm there. That would definitely be a downgrade. What do you got, Katie? Uh, Spike Lee directing downgrade. Nineties Denzel for everyone's pussy valleys. Uh, and Rosamund Pike because she's kind of become that go-to villain. And then there'll be Tom Hardy in the background making some sort of cameo, some sort of reference about how he's not grey. I kind of, I, I actually want to see that. I definitely don't want to see Odie's, but I kind of want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Is this like Shark Tank for Scream? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and my final question, like as I said, spoiler alert, but basically at the end, like Stem Ram raids a cop, Cortez, Rams raids her off the road, and then he goes and confronts Fisk, and then he basically goes to Aaron's place and confronts him, and then she shows up. So how did the cop find him at the end? And also, why is she alone? Why has she shown up by herself? After everything that's happened, why is she there alone? I had do sex machina. Wow. <laughs> Makes sense. Just cause, you know, we can do this. <laughs> we can make the script bad to our will. Oh, my. <laughs> Makes sense. Absolutely. Makes sense. Must be nice to enjoy films on the surface. <laughs> uh, because I love Detective Cortez so much, I'm just going to say she had extra tracking devices in the car. No. You, you, you're dealing with Stan, and I don't think she, it would overlook that. Especially if you're finding the fast one. They'll be like, yeah, mate, ditch that car or do something Excuse else. Excuse me, did I interrupt your M. Night Shyamalan trash fest? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? Welcome to the final episode of For Your Reference Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the moment that killed it. Uh, yeah, um, I, I'd like, you typically don't answer your own questions, but like, I, I thought about that. I thought about the tracking and they've got drones around and all that sort of stuff. But then I was thinking like, we see another cop pull up behind her. So she would have said to the other cop, hey, by the way, this quadriplegic guy that I've been like following, has, a, has something happened to him and now he's like running around. And the other cop would have been like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, go <What>? home. <laughs> and I was like, that could be the only other reason. Either that or like maybe she signed up to some sort of multi-level marketing slash pyramid scheme. She tried to get every, all the other cops at work involved and now they all hate her. So when she was like, oh my God, I need you guys help. They're like, nah, nah, we're good. And then she just went there by herself and unfortunately suffered the fate that she did. So maybe brought it on herself. I know you love her, Katie, and I don't feel like I'm shitting all over her, but maybe she brought it on herself. That's fine. I have things to say about Asha, so it all equals out. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And that moves us over to Odie for his questions. What do you got there, bud? How much of the execution was grey, or was he merely a pawn? Hardcore pawn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's my answer. I because I was trying to, I was trying to think. I he literally could have been anyone. I don't think he could have been anyone. He was he was picked right. He was picked for this. But that's what he was told. But he was a vessel. <laughs> he was a vessel. I don't think. I I really feel like he could have been anyone. He yeah. Um, I don't know because yeah, like they do say he was specifically picked because he hates technology. Look, because I feel like it was a self fulfilling prophecy in some ways where he was just like you know, like working on fixing up cars and he hates technology and all that sort of stuff. It's almost like they had to get the antithesis to become the thesis. You know, like they had to get the most opposite dude to become the dude in some ways. I don't know. Lebowski you... reference. Love that. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's an interesting one. So for me, I, I reckon it was about 50-50. Like he very easily got talked into tracking down that first dude and going to that apartment. You know, Stem yeah. was just like, 
they're not going to believe you, Gray. You need to go to the apartment. He's like, oh, okay, yes, yeah, sweet ass. You know, it was just like it continued on to that point where he was like just going along for the ride that, I don't know. Yeah, I'd say about 50-50. Yeah, me too. But there was no fighting montage of him learning how to fight. Literally just had STEM take him over. Katie has this thing. If there's no montage of someone training, <laughs> nah, it <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> You've been spot by watching Rocky too much. <laughs> Adrian! That's a love story I can get behind. Did you did you watch something like Gladiator and you're like, this guy can't be this good at fighting. He's fucking, where's the montage? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> then we all believe Russell Crowe is just good at fighting regardless. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he lives up to it in real life. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys can keep him, by the way, Australia. You can have him. He's yours. I know he was born in New Zealand. He's all your guys. As long as we can have Lucy Lawless, that, that'll be enough. Fuck case. no. Oh, boo. Then we don't want him. <laughs> God, no. Uh, my second question was, what celebrity do you think secretly already has a gun in their, in their arm? I'll say John Cena, I guess. Because for lack of personality, he does have a lot of guns. <laughs> no. Wow. That's a good one. You didn't see that coming, did you? <laughs> the one for me is like, everyone just goes on about how nice he is. And I just feel like no one could be that nice. So I'm going with Keanu yeah. Reeves. You know, they... Oh, Yeah, exactly. I know this is controversial, but there's something about him. He, he, he just can't be that nice. The other, the other one um, is Anne Hathaway. She's just got these cold, dead eyes that make me think that she's robotic. So I would not be surprised if she's got a gun in her arm. Okay. I see that. I see that. The whole Anne Hathaway thing, I definitely agree with. Excellent. Oh, trust but me. You because... don't want to live in this household <laughs> and have Anne Hathaway pop up in the screen and you'll just get like Katie just verbal diarrhea about how much she hates her. <laughs> no, she's, she's, she's fine. She's fine. I'll just prefer her not to be in my eyes. That's all. <laughs> But yeah, she she does come off like I would say the same thing where you said about Keanu Reeves. Anne Hathaway seems a bit disingenuous to me. I I just like there's something about those cold dead eyes of hers that like if it came out in the news, by the way, Anne Hathaway murdered seven people on set, then rolled around in their blood. I'd be like, oh okay, you know, <laughs> just be like, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, as long as she did it through rituals, then that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> True. <laughs> All right, my last question. You have an R with a contract license. What would you do? I would financially benefit from it. So I would be that fortune teller stall on the beach trying to get as much money with the contact lenses in that hour. This is so funny because I was like, I was like, this is going to be the most boring answer ever. And I was like, Katie, Katie will come home. She'll come home with something creepy and weird. Oh. She, she'll live up to something <laughs> creepy, weird and sexy. Just go with something boring. So I, I literally had that. I'd be a street performer, but it'd be like, you'd be the best street performer ever. You could like pick somebody out of the crowd and go, hey, you've had a hip replaced or hey, hold some fingers up behind your back. Oh, you've got like seven. You know what I mean? Like you'd be like, oh, there's a blonde and two brunettes are about to walk around the corner or pick a card, hold it behind your back. You could be like legitimately the most like the best street performer to the point that people think you're psychic and you just start making bets with people and just start raking in the cash. I, I just, yeah, I'd basically just try and rip people off. That's basically what I'm saying. Or I rob a if bank. You, there we go. If you want to be New Zealand's David Blaine, just say so, Sam. I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you, you literally said the same thing I said, like that you would gain money, but you're still shitting on mine. 
Yeah, I know. But like, I, I was just, yeah, exactly. But I was like, I, I had a foot out. I was like, oh, Katie's just going to smash it out of the park for this one. <laughs> but we, we're birds of a feather, apparently. So there we go. And uh, that takes us down to our final question, which is courtesy of Julio of the Contrarians podcast. These guys are massive fans of Julio, and so am I. So that's why we decided to leave him last. The Contrarians podcast is a great podcast in which they rage against the Rotten Tomatoes machines. So they take a universally beloved film, usually something that's over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, and they argue why it's rubbish, and then sort of do the real talk at the end where they give their true opinions. I was on recently on an episode of Howard the Duck, if you want to go listen to me shit all over one of the earliest attempts at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Fuck, that movie sucks. Anyway. It's a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh but anyway, Julio's question, he's got two now. I feel like this one would have been the better one to throw at this episode, even though I feel like Katie's already given us about fucking five of these controversial opinions, or at least one major one. <laughs> but his question was, what's your most controversial opinion about this film? Why don't you take us off, Odie? Hmm. I think to some degree, they, I think Lee Wanell overdid some aspects of the, of the movie. Okay. Because no, I, I didn't. I didn't get any of that during the first watch because I was so mesmerized by it all. But then on the second rewatch, it was just a bit mm, okay. Like it, some things came off as gimmicky to me. Oh, which I think that's the most controversial thing I can say about it. And I think I feel like I need to wash my mouth with soap. <laughs> it's it's a hard question, and that's why I put this in there. I've, I'm suffering from the same problem at the moment. I'll be honest. Technology advancements have happened very rapidly and not just in the Western world. So my controversial opinion about this film is that STEM already exists in Japan and Aaron isn't as pioneering as he thinks he is. <laughs> Take that, Aaron, you little <laughs> shithead. <laughs> God, if there was one dude I just wanted to punch in the face, it's him. <laughs> uh, the one for me is... Um, Fuck, like I was struggling, like I admit, I was struggling to come up with a controversial opinion about this film. I was trying to analyze it, and I was like trying to think of things, and then I thought, well, just compare it to a beloved film that everyone loves. And the, when I went and saw this at the cinema, and I talked about this on the Ask Me Anything episode, is I actually got tickets to an early screening where we went up to Auckland and sat down, and they showed us an hour of trailers for this, like, like, Oof. like some of the most horrendous '80s grindhouse movies you've ever heard of. But they were all so batched insane that by the time we actually got into watching Upgrade, you were just so prepped and ready. It was like the best foreplay you could ever imagine because it just had you in that mindset of this is going to be awesome. And it was. It was just an amazing screening. And one of those ones that they showed was Robocop. And everyone loves Robocop. I'd say this is a better film than Robocop. I know that's controversial to some people out there that love Robocop, but I just find this a better film than that. One hour of trailers, Sam. Yeah. It was insane. Was that the convention for Edgelords? Or? <laughs> Everyone in the crowd was wearing a trench coat, Katie. It was. <laughs> they all had long dark hair and probably hadn't fucking like you know seen sunlight in about forty years. But yeah, it, it was cool. It was pretty awesome. I love Oti's uh, controversial opinion because, in some shape or form, we've all said that on another rewatch, it isn't as shiny as we first thought. I think that's just how amicable OT is because we all kind of agree that there are parts of it 
that didn't work the second or third time around. We're all in this together. <laughs> wow, you're shitting on me for tattoo and you're singing High School Musical. Not that I would understand that's what you're singing. I didn't know where it came from. I just heard that song in the back of my head. It was Stem. It was Stem. He's taken over my body and is singing for me. <laughs> now Chris Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that takes us down to the end. Thank you to you guys. You guys have been amazing. This has been an awesome episode. I've had a hell of a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's been absolutely my pleasure. Um, I mean, why don't you tell everyone where they can find For Your Reference podcast, all that sort of fun stuff, and, yeah, basically send them your way. Uh, the socials are a very scary place. I'm not Fisk, but I'm just as nasty. On Twitter <laughs> and Instagram, I'm at For Your Ref Pod. And if you want to send your complaints about this episode, you can catch us at hello at com. Excellent. Cool. Uh, yeah, as I said, absolutely loved having you guys on. Massive fans of your show, and everyone should go check you guys out. Um, upcoming episodes for us, we are currently got something in the works to do that four-hour film that's just come out that everyone's talking about that I really don't want to sit through four hours of, but I'm going to force myself to anyway. Zack Snyder's Justice League, that's one. Why am I doing this to myself? Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, if you want to get in contact with us, you can find us on email at mritqs at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook at Movie Reviews in 20Qs or you can find us on Twitter where we are most active at Movie Reviews in. Anyway, that's thanks from me. Bye. See ya. Uh, you know, is that love as I... Ah, oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I, because I love to talk to... Ah, uh, oh, fuck me. <laughs> what was the best dick move of the movie? Biggest. Sorry? Biggest dick. We're talking about biggest dick, my love. Oh, <laughs> I do I that feel, to him all the time. Like... <laughs> Sorry. You can cut that out if you want. No, no I, I, I just, I love best dicks. Let's hear them. Hello everyone, it's Sam here again. Hey, that was a hell of an episode and I'm glad you guys have all stuck around because we've got something a little bit more special to finish the episode on. For those of you that have been hanging around our podcast for a while, you know that we have been involved with a live stream for The Cure in the last couple of years and we are back again this year. I will post up some details and future episodes on what time you'll be able to listen to us and yeah, really looking forward to it, but here's a promo for it uh, ahead of that. Cheers guys! My name is Nicholas Haskins, and I'd like a moment of your time to tell you about the 5th Annual Livestream for the Cure. To do that, I brought along two people whom I couldn't do this event without, Gerald Morris and Dan Brennick. Over the past four years, the Livestream for the Cure has raised over $30,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. That contribution is helping to fund research into cancer immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. This year, we're aiming for our biggest goal yet as we try to raise $15,000 in 50 hours on the air. Tune in May 19th through the 23rd as we're joined live by podcasters and content creators from around the world. With your help, we can continue the fight for a future immune to cancer. Together, we can make a difference.